0: In our series that we s- began many weeks ago uh, called Making Life Work, uh, we've been following just the most incredible book written by an absolute legend of the church worldwide called Bill Hybels. And uh, it's based on the book of Proverbs. And uh, Andy picked up the story two weeks ago um, as he covered the, the area of forging strong families. And in fact, it was a mix up of communication between myself and Andy. Uh, I'm sure it was probably my fault. Um, th- he had two chapters, he, there were two chapters in the book, and he, he did a stunning job, and ca- he actually covered two chapters, which was amazing, and uh, I kind of got round to doing it, I'm thinking, I'm going to be doing chapter two now, and then I looked at the schedule, and I thought, that's just going to mess everything up, so I, I'm going to do chapter two again of uh, Forging Strong Families, and uh, w- and those of you who were there two weeks ago, you'd be like, Andy told us that, Andy told us that, uh, oh, that's new. I'm sure you remember everything that Andy said two weeks ago, right? I'm sure it's like like written on your brains. But here we go. Um, it's talk, We're really going to be talking specifically, if you are a parent here today, this is going to be right up your street. And if you're not a parent yet here, perhaps someday you will be. And if you are a parent and your kids are grown up, well, it's just too late, I'm afraid. <laughs> you just made a rick of it, and uh, you can repent at the end of how bad a job you did. And <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> if you become grandparents, you get a second go at it. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> make all the, don't make all the mistakes we did the first time round. But there you go. Helping our children to grow. To become whole, to be secure, to be well-adjusted, to be uh, thoughtful and caring and purposeful and loving and, and followers of Jesus doesn't just happen. Doesn't just happen, does it? It takes deliberate steps and deliberate parenting in order to get there. And whether we like it or not, good or bad, we as parents will Pass on to our little ones our good stuff and our bad stuff, and that will be done either deliberately or passively. Those things are uh, going to happen. And um, do you remember the start of the series? Um, we talked about this thing called wisdom, which is really the hallmark of the whole of the book of Proverbs. Going to read to you just a few verses. Uh, if you're a son or a daughter, it'd be really good to pay attention. Because that's in the first line there. It says, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. You've all got off your smartphones right now. Those of you uh, who are on the smartphones, you're now paying attention. I hope I'm not even going to look up and check. And gain understanding. I give you sound learning. So do not forsake my teaching. (laughs) This is brilliant. (laughs) For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Oh boy, if we could just stop there. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she, that is wisdom, will protect you. Love her, that's wisdom, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish wisdom. And wisdom will exalt you. Embrace wisdom. And wisdom will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son. Accept what I say. And the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. Get wisdom, be wise, make wise decisions, make life-giving choices. Friday Church, we've been uh, exploring life-giving choices and just talking about those things. and It's been really, really exciting and really, really helpful. But those of us who are parents, let's help us. Let's help our children to make good choices decisions let's empower them let's give them the tools let's correct them let's instruct them let's advise them let's be super super involved in areas and aspects of their lives that they would navigate life which is which is upon them and is coming to them that when push comes to shove and we're not around and there's temptation in their way they choose the right decision The right decision that's going to lead to life and not the poor decision that's going to get them into bother. Get wisdom. And us as parents, uh, two things I want to talk about. The first one is this, that we are to love and provide limits. Love and limits. Proverbs 23, 24 and 5 says, the father of a righteous child has great joy A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. Make no mistake, children are a gift from God. They are a gift to us. And they should be prized and they should be cherished. And they should be loved. They should know the love through the words, through our actions, through everything like they know the air that they breathe perhaps you've heard this week um, it made the news here in northern ireland uh, young people uh, a really significantly high percentage of young people growing up here in northern ireland who are wrestling with some kind of mental health um, issue of some kind it was a really alarming number and i was like oh my goodness that's that's really really tough and there are lots of reasons as to why that is, and I'm not gonna go into all the different reasons. I'm sure many of you intelligently can think of some yourselves. But it just, for me, underlined the importance of good, solid, loving parenting for our young people. We, as mums and dads, are the most important people in the lives of our children. They should know that they're loved. They should know that they're cared for. But they should also know that there are limits. Uh, Proverbs writers uh, it doesn't always go into sentimentality, and uh, there's a there's another side to our innocent wee cherubs. Our little bundles of joy that can do no wrong. You remember, as toddlers, I'm looking at a toddler right here, right now, on the lap of a dad. Probably can't speak quite yet. Not just yet. Maybe a few little babbling words. But I bet right now, knows when you say no. Right? (laughs) You're looking at me right now. This is brilliant. (laughs) Exhibit A, second row. This is fantastic. It's all in the notes, you know and, uh, you know, going towards something of some harm, and you're like, no, and they turn around and look at you innocently, and they know the tone, and they know the face, and they go and do it anyway, (laughs) right? We've all been there. What's the challenge? Folly is the challenge. Remember that word from a few weeks ago, folly? Foolishness. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. For centuries, there's been this philosophical debate about, you know, children, are they born good and they just learn badness from the world or from parents? Or is it just inherent? And I think that this verse makes it really clear, biblically speaking. It's just within us, isn't it? We're born, sadly, with mischievous. We're born with this, we want to do it our way, don't we? <laughs> boy, as adults, we're still learning that. I want to do it my way. <laughs> They're Frank Sinatra. Want to do it my way. Folly and foolishness will lead us into all kinds of trouble. But the rod of discipline will uh, help us Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Let's be clear. I'm not condoning big sticks and beating our children. That's not what we're talking about here. And we're not actually going to spend any time in terms of what are the corrective kind of ways of disciplining. But let's make this really important and really clear point that it is important that loving our children means correcting when they do wrong. We live in a culture and a society that basically is saying to us right now, go and be free, do whatever the heck you want. The world is your oyster. There are no limitations. Go and enjoy yourselves. And actually, it's really clear from the book There are boundaries. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge. Have everything else, but don't eat from the tree. And we step out of God's boundaries, and we pay the penalty. As parents, we must be empowering our children to be making good decisions, right decisions. Why? because we want to protect them from a world of pain and a world of hurt and a a world of heartache and suffering wisdom will teach them that but we must correct along the way love and limits but it is hard to get the balance isn't it especially as our young people as our children become young people and what have you it's about give and take it's about offering a sense of trust and uh giving that away. Children will be children, and sometimes we need to give them some leeway. When is it important? When do we say that behavior crosses the line? It must be dealt with. When do we intervene in our children's decision-making in order to protect them from harmful, destructive decisions? And when do we step back and let them learn life's harsh realities? When do we comfort tenderly? And when do we correct forcefully? When do we encourage and when do we warn? When do we give advice and when do we listen? When do we do which? It's not easy. It's a real challenge. And very often we get our decisions from being on our knees, seeking the Lord and seeking the Holy Spirit. Love and limits. The second thing I want to talk about is competence and confidence. As parents to our children, that we would be instilling a sense of competency and confidence in them. Proverbs 22.6 says, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. There's two two levels to the meaning of this proverb. The first is obvious, really. It's uh, simply teach our children certain things when they're young, and they're likely to do them when they're older. You know, so if you want them to tell the truth, if you want them to be compassionate, if you want them to be kind, diligent, hard-working, responsible, blah blah blah-blah, blah, teach them when they're young, and they're much more likely to do it when they're older. Likewise, if we want our young people to be passionate followers of, followers of Jesus, as parents, we need to model it to our children, that we need them to catch us reading our Bibles at home. We need them to catch us walking in the room when we're praying together or whatever it might be. They need to see us actively uh, attending church, attending groups, serving, giving, whatever it might be, that we are laying down our lives for the sake of other people. As we model that to them, it's not a sure way that they'll catch it themselves, but they're much more likely to catch it themselves. Start them off and in the days of their adulthood, We hope that that would be the case for them also. Where are we? Secondly, though, it's important that we spot and see and recognize what they're made for. What are our children's strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are they called to and for and made for? It's a question that we ask ourselves often in Vineyard, isn't it? We often say, what is God on you to do? What is it that you're made for? What is it that you're intended for? And many of us as adults, we still haven't quite figured it out ourselves. But part of being a parent is actually spotting and realizing and seeing, Flip, you're really good at that. You seem to be really interested in that and helping empower them towards a lifetime of what they're made for. Because here's the thing, each and every human being is made for something and meant for something. And God has ordained that upon that individual. And very often, it's the enemy that wants to rob, kill, and destroy and does it at an early age. We live in a really cynical world. We live in a culture and a society where put-downs are all the time. No wonder, actually, maybe I just offer this as a, a reason why our mental well-being is not so great when we speak ill of one another where we constantly seem to put people down and adults we can be the same i was uh, talking to a friend of mine some of you will know him i don't mind quoting him he won't mind alistair bennett he's a teacher in this fine school i was uh, talking to him the other day and we're talking about this very thing and we're talking about how young people and he notices it lots from teaching here and i i remember it too how young people especially just, just say things to we, towards each other all the time. That is just put downs. Things that are said that are that all in the name of banter. Oh, it's just banter. It's just a bit of fun. And actually it is. It is fun. And I watch it and I hear it and I listen to it. And I can see slightly the funny side of it. And here's the thing. Hear me, hear me really clearly. I'm all for a bit of banter. I'm all for a bit of taking the mick out of each other and what have you, and it's fun. But actually, so much of it I listen to amongst young people and adults, which I think goes way above the mark. And it's put downs. And actually what I then see is our young people not striving to be good at anything. Why? Because they're so afraid of looking good. Because their friends are going to shoot them down. They're so afraid of reaching for something because if they actually reach for something and they don't quite make it, they're going to get shot down. And you see how it works. And so much of that is the enemy. The enemy just comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Instead of saying, You are absolutely fantastic at that. And we need to. I think, actually, have a real hard look at the way in which we connect and interact with one another. I was at a family wedding uh, during the week, and uh, don't want to embarrass my boys, but they're here anyway. I said to them, see, as we're going to this wedding today, you look fantastic in your nice suit, and you've got your hair all done nicely, and what have you. I said, see, today, when you see uh, a lady or a girl or someone Pay them some respect and tell them how well they're looking. They'll love you for it. (laughs) That was actually part of my motivation. It's just. uh, Pay them a compliment. Tell them they look lovely. Tell them their hair looks nice or whatever it might be. It is my job to instill dignity and respect that my boys will treat women. With dignity and respect, and with honour, and we must do the same. A counter-cultural behaviour is to speak words of life to each other; is to rewrite the story of people. We come across one another all the time. We come across people in our surrounding uh, neighbourhood, and we see them, and we see them connect with Jesus, and we see. Him begin to rewrite their stories. I look out and I know many of your stories, and I'm so grateful that you've entrusted me with that. God is right now in transition with you, and He's rewriting your story, and you are becoming who you are meant to be. And when you act and when you fulfill what you're meant to be, you come alive. You come alive. Because he's in you, working in you. And so let's be cautious with our words in the way in which we speak, in the way in which we speak towards one another. As parents, we must be digging for the gold and looking and praying for our children saying, God, what is on such and such to do? Here's some questions you might want to ask them or think about. What does my child enjoy doing? What subjects at school do they take a keen interest in? What do you tell them or what do they tell you uh, when you've got some time together? What do you notice about the way that they engage with other people and the way in which they engage with the world? What are their spiritual gifts? Reflect on it and begin maybe to ask these questions. What would you do if you could do anything tomorrow? How would you spend your time? What thing would you like to be known for in the future? What thing about the world would you like to change? By this, we are helping our children enter into the very script that God has for them. And we are preventing them from entering into a half-hearted, glib, boring, trashy life full of heartache, full of disappointment, full of disaster or boredom or whatever it might be. Being a parent is a most incredible opportunity and gift from the Lord. Make no bones about it and the older ones will certainly tell us. It is a huge challenge, a huge undertaking, one which should bring us to our knees often. And at the end of the day, we ain't perfect and we do make mistakes and we do get it wrong and it's important that we acknowledge it when we do. And we pray that The good, good father makes up for our (laughs) things that we don't get right along the way as well.